0: Welcome back to the Trap Once and Future podcast. This time we're looking at the Martian invasion of Planetoid 50. The Doctor appears in his 10th slash Metacrisis slash 14th incarnation in a story where he meets Missy and the Paternoster gang in a battle against Martian invaders. Joining me to scrutinise this big finished story as someone with a microscope studies creatures that swarm and multiply in a drop of water are our very own Podcaster gang, three minds immeasurably superior to my own, Keith,
1: Hello.
0: James. Hello. And Fraser. <laughs> good morning, <mama>, good sir. <laughs> <laughs> the chances of spoilers are a million to trap one, <laughs> but they'll still come, so uh, if you haven't listened to the story yet, uh, please wait to listen to the podcast. So James, you've been saying you want uh, a once some future... Installment where the Doctor changes partway through. I think this may be the closest we're going to get. There's a good 15 minutes of the story before we get the Tenth Doctor in this, where we have Stephen Noonan's first incarnation. 14 minutes and 41 seconds. Yeah,
2: and it, it's quite interesting because I, I I do feel for the actors playing the sort of first three Doctors because they 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 keep they sort of appear randomly either at the beginning or the end of the episode, because here you get third Dr. Tim Trilor at the very end of the episode. He's sort of like, oh, you know, yes. I've, I'm back to my third self. It's like, what what happened? And, you know, <laughs> bearing in mind, we know who's coming in the next story, It's kind of like, he's like, oh, I seem to have settled back into the past. Maybe not. Um, but it is nice to get a little bit more of the first doctor here um and it's i was listening to the 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 notes afterwards because this was recorded three years ago so 2020 Mm. because david tennant talks about the pandemic because it wasn't originally written to be a 10th slash 14th slash metacrisis slash slash whatever uh doctor story it was going to be another doctor and it was just because of the pandemic and availability that they've they've made it, Um David Tennant. But he, I don't know how early it is in his first Doctor stories. Because when did he take over as the first Doctor? Because I don't remember it being that far back.
0: Oh, that's true. Yeah, was the first one? Was it the Outcast? The first yeah. one that he
1: did. Year? Year? Two years now. Then?
2: Yeah,
0: it feels feels recent, but
2: I remember the casting news. But I'd, I'm I'm sure it wasn't this. This is probably one of his early recordings as the first Doctor. Um, yeah, and I could tell it was the first yeah. Doctor. Don't don't get me wrong. There was there were some of the mannerisms and things like that. It's it's not. <laughs> And the fact he says I'm the first, <laughs> yeah, he, says, he says he says I'm in my original mind. You might say it's like, yeah, okay, we get it, we 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 know who you are. Um, but it, I I I think it was nice to get
1: like one of those comedians go, oh, here comes Shirley Bassey. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
3: um,
2: so I thought it was I thought that was it was nice to have an extended period before you got into the the David Tennant, and obviously that is when everything shifts. again year and a half Ooh, um, doesn't it? from you know from that first sort of 15 minutes so it's nice that we got it because I know that was something I picked up on previously
1: <laughs>
2: how much it adds <laughs> to the story
1: I, don't, I, don't I think know. because of the um, the death ray made him go forwards it sort of explains why Missy's there as well so I suppose it kind of explains it's part of the plot in a way isn't it but yeah, you get Not a lot integral. of the exposition out of the way,
0: don't we? With the with the first Doctor being yeah. told that where they are and everything. Yeah. And Fraser, as someone who's less familiar with Big Finish's output, did you immediately recognise it was the first Doctor? Or
3: yeah, I mean, it was it was clearly the first Doctor. You know, like you say, well, this is the fifth one. This is the mm-hmm. fifth story now. Um, you know, and we have had those sprinkles throughout. Um, so where's it in? Um, you know past lives I was struggling a bit to go, well, which doctor is this one? You know, you know, by the time you get, you know, you've had a few a few runs round of it, you know, it, it's a lot clearer. I mean obviously they've thrown in all the, you know, first doctor mannerisms. mannerisms. So there's a hmm? Hmm? yeah, there's a <laughs> little chuckle, you know. Um so it, it's it's there, but it's, it's 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 funny. I don't want to kind of knock Stephen Oon, but it's, you know, there's four versions of the first Doctor now, you know, William Hartnell, Richard had David Bradley. Now we've got Stephen Noonan and it's like, everyone's just a little bit further away from the original as you go down. It's kind of, it's getting where we're, we're kind of photocopying a photocopy, so to speak. <laughs> um, so I think, you know, part of the reason that I did, you know, go up a gear when he regenerated into David Tennant is not just because David Tennant comes in and is magnificent, um, but because, you know, it's a bit of a struggle, just to keep this in your head as the first Doctor, uh, I don't know if you you guys felt the same, but that was, you know, I, I struggled for the first fifteen minutes. Certainly, the first time round, second time round, when well, Alison wasn't too bad, but the first time round, I was I was having a, a bit of a difficulty tuning in to it being being the first Doctor. I think, yeah, there is something after
0: after Stephen Noon, Noonan gives way to David Tennant. It's all original actors in this one, and there is something more satisfying. With big finishes, output for me when it when it is original actors playing the But It's living people. Yes. Yeah. I still I still enjoy a lot of these ones. I do enjoy particularly um, the the early you know the young War Doctor ones because they're so close. And his impersonations of John uncanny, He's incredible. It really is incredible. Yeah. yeah, and and I enjoy Tim Truel's third Doctor stories as well. Uh, they're very evocative of the of the era, yeah. Um, but there's yeah when it's when it is the original cast, there is something more authentic and more satisfying about it for me.
2: There's some there's some lovely sort of tongue in cheek sort of uh, Easter eggs and 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 things, particularly between the different incarnations of the Master and Missy and the Doctors as well. There's the I, I found it quite sort of. I mean the the script itself is fun. When when as soon as tenant takes over, it just races at hundred miles an hour and it's I you know, it is a brilliant fun fizzing script. Um but it, it's there's sort of like Missy does the callbacks um like quotes from previous masters or, you know, she sort of says, oh, I, I, I've been patient before. I've waited as a scarecrow and a statue, <laughs> you know, and, and a mime artist. Well, maybe not a mime artist, you know, that kind of. Yeah. And, <laughs> and you get that sort of thing because David Tennant has, says about the suits as well, which kind of links in with what's happening in the TV series. He says, oh, look at the suit. So we don't. But then he's sort of like. Even though he's now a future incarnation, he remembers Madame Vastra, and he was at their wedding. It, it, it's it's
0: it's it's really well. I I took that to mean that the Eighth Doctor must because we don't know when the Doctor yep. first met Vastra mm. and Jenny, do we, Ostrax? So it must have been. If, if this is the Eighth Doctor, it must have been by that stage, and presumably it was the 10th incarnation that went to the wedding, because he doesn't remember the wedding.
1: And the Eighth Doctor is appearing in a Paternostero box. At... Uh,
0: well, yeah, that so some of them so may have been
1: even... recorded, so but it not the... yet released.
0: Yeah, um... so it's the Eighth Doctor or sooner that found Vastra killing the... It was the 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 underground workers, wasn't it? The people doing yeah. the tunnels and stuff. That uh, so we know that that kind of bit of backstory. There's some expanded universe stuff where the ninth Doctor has met Vastra as well, and they went on an adventure to the the sort of the fairy realm uh, together.
1: Mm. I think she's in a Churchill box set
2: as well, isn't she? Yeah. So there there are sort of moments of crossover, and I know. It's, if you're not that familiar with all the big finishes and you know big finish universe is massive, you you, you might miss a couple of them. Um, but it, but it, I, again, when they meet, um, oh Stra- Strax, isn't it? And and he's yes. he talks about the uh, Matt Smith and Capaldi, and I think he mentions Jodie as well because he says that a blonde boy, blonde <laughs> boy. yes, boy. Uh, yeah. So you you have. <laughs> all these sort of references to 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 other things or other stories uh which which are kind of like I kind of like all the little sort of like tongue-in-cheek oh we're going to throw in a, a mention here to um oh good man goes to war and and and, and yeah. things like that so it's quite um it's quite fun but it, you don't necessarily get much of that in the first 15 minutes or Fourteen minutes
3: and, and a few seconds. No, it's or... it's 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 a very sort of um, scene setting, isn't it? And yeah. you know, you know, laying the groundwork for for where we are um, for whatever's come. I think it goes up. There's a significant gear change um, when David Tennant comes in. Um, the second, you know, big gear change for me was when Strax appears,
2: mm.
3: uh, which I wasn't expecting because. You know, the Paternoster Gang for me were done and done. You know, um, by the time you get the deep breath, you know, I'd, I'd very much had enough of them um, on <gasps> screen. They were. Aww. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, you know, it's, um, it's one of the things that Stephen Moffat tends to do. You know, he gets a good idea and he runs it into the ground a little bit. Um, I felt the same way with River Song. So it's mm-hmm. going to be interesting to see how the last one comes out. Um, gen- generally just overused. So yeah, I wasn't expecting a great deal from um, you know the, the the Paternoster Gang. I was expecting to um, be a little bit disappointed, but when Strax comes in, it just really clicked and it, it it went up a notch, another notch there because I found myself really enjoying the way that Strax is written in this yeah. in this episode. Um, you know, when he's he's introduced, he's you know in this cellar and you know he's, he's um, the, the, Being the artilleryman. Yeah, yeah. The yes. The and the. Jessemi, the supporting characters, asking about you know saying it's Martians. He's like, no, Martians are um, yeah. useless race that cover themselves in armor and uh, talk nothing about honor and battle. And Santaros are completely different from that, which yeah. <laughs> was like a really, really clever line. Which you know, I really like. And going forward, you know, he was he was a lot more, less just the the comedy sidekick. You know, I had a bit more agency about him, um, but he was still, you
1: know, coming up with the gags and the gags were actually landing, so it was. I was quite was... pleased he was there at the very start cause I, one thing about latest incarnation, big finish, is that awful clawing introduction to have at the very start for the lover's story. So the contempt he had in his voice when he did that actually, first <laughs> yeah. time I've ever liked that because yeah. normally I be normally just cringe, normally I just loathe it, and so I was so pleased to hear him doing it. I love <laughs> that. <laughs> I for the love, love of stories! Ah, no, gosh, awful. So, as, uh,
3: Simon Hart um, was says said to us he thinks you know when he he has that it shall be oh for the love of stories. Mm. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs>
1: for the love of God, stop it!
3: <laughs> so,
0: I suppose in that way this isn't as much of a mashup as some of the other ones and future ones because the Paternoster Gang and Missy are both in Deep Breath, although they don't meet in it. Yeah, they. It's not so much disparate eras, are they? They're, um, you know, this is like other than Stephen Noon and it's David Tennant uh, guesting in the in the mm. Moffat era, kind yeah. of thing, that we did with those characters.
2: But then you don't it, see. I, I think obviously Michelle Gomez is just brilliant, and I could listen to her voice all for hours, you know, all day. But you don't know where. In the same way that we sort of speculated that the Doctor is probably War Doctor, sort of eighth, eighth Doctor, yeah, ninth I, Doctor. I think eighth. Yeah. Kind of yeah. confirmed by the new cover. Yeah. 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 Yep. We do, we don't know where Missy was in the sort of Master uh, regenerations when she was hit with the degeneration. So there's, there's there's references to Ainley. There's references to um, Delgado. I don't know and if Crispy anyone. Master, it. So. Yeah, I don't know whether there was any other references that people picked up, but it it, it was. I was at it, a It's it's Missy Mises meets the tenth Doctor, but actually it's probably the eighth or ninth Doctor, uh, the eighth Doctor or the War Doctor meets. I don't
0: know who. Me- McCune. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Well, I wondered about the War of the Worlds thing because isn't that what the Master's reading in Frontier in Space? Yeah. So at first I thought Delgado, but then, like you say, the. She quotes English. Oh, my dear doctor, you have been naive is Mm. is an English line. Yeah. And uh, yeah. I love the way she says that line as well. (laughs) Yeah.
2: (laughs) Don't you get it now?
0: (laughs) And it made me wonder, though, how how do they know that that incarnation likes to be referred to as missy because they haven't lived as missy Mm. they just they've just been shot forward into a
1: future incarnation but then i thought maybe it's because he's surprised by his screwdriver so he doesn't automatically recognize that does he no Mm.
0: which is another thing about the costume obviously now we it's confirmed that the costume changes and the accessories change as well so
1: He's, he's like, oh this 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 is a screwdriver I've got in this body. So I suppose can... she's the same person she becomes the same person. She's got the same impulse to mm. adopt that name rather than yeah. the master.
2: But she's not that familiar yeah, with the so,
1: tissue yeah. compression eliminators
2: kind of like
1: <laughs> Chekhov's tissue compression eliminator. Yeah. <laughs> tissue oh look, compression what did I, find? I wonder if that'll be useful yeah. later.
3: <laughs> the tissue compression laminator, I think you're famous. Laminator. Yeah. <laughs> that was a fun.
0: I think some of that stuff makes more sense that the Doctor's mind is really being scrambled by these changes. I think that's more clear in this story than in some of the other ones and makes maybe more sense of of his actions and why he's just kind of bumbling around, uh, you know, going from place to place. He can't really keep it all in his head, like
1: Yeah. Conveniently. Mm -hmm.
0: I find it a little
2: bit weird that... I don't know, because I don't think we sort of start an episode with the same Doctor that we ended the last one with. It, it feels like it, it, it sort of jumps in the meantime. Because in, in terms of overall plot, and I know now we've, we know the next two stories, so we know that yeah. in this story, we, at the very end, Missy says about the Union, and we know that that's the title of the seventh one. Yep. So we, you know, spoilers. Um, but it was out today, so <laughs> I'm going to mention it. Um, but in terms of the plot, <laughs> such as the overarching arc is, we, yeah, we still literally spent the whole episode <laughs> trying to find out, you know, what's going to be the next lead. And then it was Missy at the end going, the union. I mean, we learned that... <laughs> we did from the end again, yeah. Yes. Yeah. So
0: do we think the villains are disgruntled workers who just want better, better pay and conditions? Is that... <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's why it's taking so long to get to the end, they're on strike.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is what happens when you have a rate of strike, you have no yeah. plot. Yeah. <laughs> we'll just borrow H.G.
1: Wells.
0: <laughs> yeah, that made me, it really put me in mind of... You know, the crossover Doctor Who novels that are coming out. So, you know, recently had Josephine and the Argonauts yeah. that, that Paul Mars wrote. We've had the Robin Hood and the Wizard of Oz ones. And, Paul Mars wrote. Yeah, it really <laughs> made me think of this um, because it is, it's, its you know, Doctor Who and the Doctor Universe colliding with H.G. Wells' yeah. War World of Worlds. Um, you know, it made me think that it wouldn't have been out of place other than the once and future kind of trimmings. Uh, as one of those novels, because each each of those novels has a different reason for uh, the uh, the Doctor crossing over with them.
1: I had a real Mandela effect with this one, though, because the first time I listened to it, I was sort of like vaguely sliding off my brain with it. And I, I was convinced that Missy created these things as part of the Time War. Listened to it the second time, there's no mention of it whatsoever, so I completely <laughs> imagined that. Yeah. I just dreamt that up and added it to the plot, probably, to try and create one. <laughs>
3: yeah.
1: Was. She was I just... Think- Bored, wasn't she? Bored. Just trying to... Just, just trying to... I will it... recreate London and demolish it with these war machines because I am bored.
2: Yes, uh, well, and randomly, even though her TARDIS is not working, managed to get the Paternoster gang there.
0: And various other people. It mm. did make me wonder how many people she time-scooped or whatever <laughs> from, uh, from the real London to that one to yeah. make it a convincing And why invasion. were they never missed? Yeah, that's it, because they all died apart from Jessamine and the Paternoster gang. <laughs> so how many people, yeah, it's a kind of, and, and it's not that kind of story, is it? It's, it's a fun kind of romp, and it is really fun and really yeah. funny.
1: And the second, genocide,
0: The second time I thought more about that kind of stuff, like, well, what
1: what did happen to all those people? I, I just was just curious it, that my brain was trying to fill in things that weren't there. Yeah. Which might be a bit telling. Well, I, I thought at
3: the end, When I was sent the first time, I thought that the creatures that Missy had created were the ones that created the degeneration weapon. So I was like, oh, well, that's a leap forward, isn't it? And then (laughs) Mm. listening to the second time is, no, it's the sand. So you were
1: doing it as well, then you Uh, were creating plot. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
3: And I was like, eh, but no, but she said that you should have got hit by the degeneration weapon and she needed something to focus on. So that's why she built the War of the Worlds theme park. And, you know, it was something to keep her together. And then she invented the heat ray that shot that forward in time and yeah so it's the sand it's the sand that they've came for and lo and behold what we're getting in the next story sand monsters psionic yeah. silica yes mm. yes because you took a hand in the hand, hand, didn't he
1: at the end and that was it
3: yep
1: so it's not the return of the um, eye dust monsters monsters
3: <laughs> well that's what it looks like doesn't it it looks
1: very much like
3: the eye booger monsters yeah <laughs>
0: I didn't get the Mrs. Green joke when Missy's calling Jenny...
1: She's green. Madame Vastra is green. green. No, but she, she calls... So you're calling her Mrs. Green because she's married to Madame Vastra? Yeah.
0: Oh, I thought it was a reference to something where there's a Carried character, a... Mrs. Green, who was a maid or something. Oh, maybe it is,
1: but that's what I said. <laughs> well, no, no,
0: yeah, was... <laughs> I, I,
2: I, I no. I thought it was because Vastra is green. Right, married, yeah. okay.
0: That makes sense.
2: And is a
0: hideous old racist. <laughs> Jenny didn't remember that... She was married to Vastra because of the hypnosis, so that's why. Okay, I d- nope, that makes sense.
1: So d- you wanted more stuff out of it too? <laughs> well, I just,
0: I just didn't get it. I just assumed it was a, a sort of a cultural reference that was like before my time or something. Like, well, don't, don't look at me when you say that. So. <laughs>
1: thought, that was noticed.
2: I must admit, I was like, on the first <laughs> listen, I was like, because you don't cool. get Vastia <laughs> until a Bit later on because Vastra's in the sort of locked up, isn't she? And you get, yeah, mm-hmm. so sort of Jenny, in the reptile house, yeah. I and I was kind of like, why is Jenny working for Missy? And what you know, it was kind of like trying to put it all together the first time listening to it. I was kind of like, I've no idea how on an, um, subtle she... hypnotized
1: acting was probably a giveaway, yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's, I, yes, I love mistress, yeah. <laughs> The alarm has gone off. Yeah, I like that actually. I thought it it's quite was funny. really, dry. really?
2: <laughs> There's a there's a really dry sort of um sort of uh, what do you call it a, a really dry delivery that Jelly has, isn't it? The the alarm mm. has gone off. The Tardis alarm. It's like you know, as
1: it rattles your ears. Yes,
2: <laughs> but I I just this this sort of the the I would say the other two thirds of this story, the interplay between all the characters is just great. I I love uh, Madame Vastra and Missy, and, and Missy keeps making these comments about you know her being a talking handbag, which is my handle today. <laughs> you know, I could I could shrink you down, and there'd still be enough of you to make a pair of shoes, and and there's there's all these things about that. Um, and but you get this uh, sort of lovely moment when Jenny's trying—you know—they're trying to get Jenny out of the hypnosis, and she she says sort of nice things about Vastra, and you, you can see there is still just a tiny little bit of a spark left yep. before the the doctor frees her, and and just the interplay between Michelle Gomez and David
1: Tennant is just. Oh, Lime, I loved it. Especially as they had an ocean between them. Yes. Like, yeah. yeah. She was in America and he was in the UK. So I mean, and you can't tell, to be fair. No, no you can't. No. And, and he says in the commentary that. She improvises so. Oh, yeah.
2: He was like, yeah. "I didn't know when she was improvising when
0: she wasn't." It was just, "Yeah,
2: I didn't <laughs> know when
1: she stopped." Yes, or when he gets his line, in, yes.
0: yeah, yeah, because obviously his cue wasn't there. So yeah, the, and I think there is a little example of that on the extended extras as well, isn't there? Where um, he starts talking because um he thinks she's finished, and she's just riffing on the whole, uh, whole thing. Another heartfelt tribute, but they yeah. have
2: that—they <laughs> have that sort of lovely frisson, which is kind of. It 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 alludes to the relationship that that Missy had with the Capaldi doctor in the fact that Missy was kind of turning towards him towards the end. I mean, until the John Simmaster master rocked up, mm. she was like, "I'm going to stand with the doctor this time." Yeah, and there is an element of that where she's like, "Actually, I I I can see myself." you know, supporting the Doctor and and, and helping the Doctor. And do did, did they kiss? Because th- th- there seems to be this moment between them
0: when then suddenly... Like they on character. the verge of it, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah. 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 Oh, he's, she's
1: trying to, yeah. and
0: the Doctor's like, well, wait, what's happening? But then everybody arrives. <laughs> but <laughs> but
1: then that might be another to... Tenant tribute, because he was like meant to kiss everybody, wasn't he? So <laughs> he was.
0: was.
2: <laughs> like the Captain the... Kirk of... Uh... <laughs> 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 but it... it I liked that, and and again, you you get this sort of blurring of lines between the, the different doctors because you, even though this is a probably a previous incarnation of the master that that's le- leapt forward, Missy still has that sort of leaning towards the doctor that um, that she had in, you know, in the TV series, which I thought was really really nice to see. Hmm.
3: Yeah. I think the thing I like about Missy is you know there's no sort of like grand plan to take over the universe with Missy it's not like you know like in Lee always trying to rule something or conquer something or Delgado was wanting to you know you know be the ruler of everything Missy's just pissing about mm. you know even in the television stories you know um you look at sort of um, dark water, death in heaven, you know, the, the grand scheme at the end isn't to rule anything, it's just to mm. mess with the Doctor's mind and say there you Make go. Make a I'm, point, yes. <laughs> It's like I've made you an army of cybermen, there you go. It's it's psychological sort of um, yeah. warfare on him. There's nothing, he's not doing anything with those cybermen, he's not, I'm going to rule the world now, he's like I'm going to mess with your head and give you this army of undead people and just to get one over with you and so the plot of our, you know, building this War of the Worlds theme park was just Perfectly in keeping with that of, of just it's. The doctor even says, "Oh, this is ludicrous, even by your standards." You know, (laughs) but that's exactly what it is. It's just a really stupid idea. But this is the this is the master that comes up with that, not for no other reason than um, just entertainment. Just entertainment.
2: And there isn't there's there's an element of I always find with the Delgado stories in the Third Doctor era is he he has this really really elaborate plot which then at the very last minute goes horrendously wrong because (laughs) you know he's completely lost control of everything and he has to turn to the doctor to to sort of bail him out at the last minute Yep, and and tenant even sort of says so you built an army and you lost control of it it's like it, it it did remind me a little bit of those sort of those schemes but you're right it's not about
0: universal domination it's just I'm bored, so I created these robots. It's like (laughs) it is great to do other things with the character because one of my favourite Third Doctor stories is the Claws of Axos for the reason that it isn't the Master's plan; he's been captured by Axos, yeah, and and he's there as a supporting character, and you get all those scenes where it's like what it would have been like if he would if he was exiled to Earth and was UNIT scientific (laughs) advisor and he's. You know, the sticky tape on the windows and all those lines and all that kind of stuff. I love that. He's not there to drive the story or to drive the invasion. He's just there. He can just be funny and cool yeah. and, and sinister and everything. I suppose um, the uh, the Capaldi finale two part is a bit like that as well. That, that, that When there's the two masters, they're just kind of there. The Cybermen are the threat and, yeah. the doc- and then they've got the Doctor... Um, and his companion, and then the two masters are just there, just being hilariously entertaining as well.
3: What I liked about the script as well is that it makes it clear that um, Missy is is completely evil and, and you know unhinged right from the very start because you know she puts her milk in the tea first. <laughs> Brilliant! Oh, sends a shiver down your spine. <laughs> I loved her line
2: about Moist Krispies and Moist nice Krispies. Yeah, <laughs>
3: yeah. Yes. <that's> well. good. <laughs> I, I love, I love how her accent changes as well. So, yeah. I, you know, the Scotch- Scottish, does accent, the Scottish goes, accent goes up and down and, you know, it gets like so thick when she's like, oh, I'm not going out there with me and my asthma. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Southern Bell. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. It, it's funny because we've got, you've got like, obviously you've got three Scottish actors in there. You've got, um, David Tennant, you've got Michelle Gomez and Eve McIntosh. Eve yes. McIntosh, yes. yeah, Yeah. Um, and obviously only one of them is actually getting to do the show with her. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Vastra has a tinge of it. You know, obviously David Tennant is um, is pure Essex white boy. Um, it's, it's only Michelle Gomez that actually gets to play the role in her native accent and it just goes up and down and run all over the place. It's fantastic.
0: What does Vastra call a a Caledonian devil or something like that? (laughs) uh,
3: Yeah. Yeah. Vastra gets some good lines as well. Like the, um, which is like threatening at the end is, I shall cut you from sternum to smug
1: little grin. Yeah. (laughs) The whole thing is just badonage with a plot hanging off it really, isn't it? I mean, the second time I listen to it, I just listen to to the language. That's just what it's there for, isn't it? It's perfect for that. Yeah. Sparkle. It is actually laugh out loud funny in places. Mm-hmm. A lot of oh, absolutely, this, this is genuinely funny in places. Yeah. Definitely, and
3: I think the, the the plot of it actually worked. You know, it makes sense within the confines of, like I say, if Missy is the master that is going to come up with this really lame, uh, you know thing. Mm-hmm. It's classic master, like you say. It's 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 gone wrong. It's a plan that's gone wrong, so the doctor needs to come in and rescue her. Um, you know, the ending where he he fixes the tissue compression laminator and just shrinks all the little robots down and Strax puts them in a bucket. You've got the line of like, ah, I've caught all three of them. It's like, yes, you can only count to three Strax. You've done it 10 times. Then I've got them all. Yeah, it it just, it worked. It takes
2: them through Mars and lets them out as these tiny little creatures.
3: (laughs) But, it, you know, it, it, it really worked. It didn't feel like this ending just come out of nowhere. It didn't feel sudden. It just felt really like a natural progression. Obviously, like you say, Keith, it's Chekhov's laminator. It's going to be used <laughs> at some point, and it is. It wraps everything up really nicely. Um, but, yeah, the so the plot was really, you know, quite satisfying for me. Um, and I'm a plot sort of guy. Um, but like you say, the the whole story hinges on the characters. And, you know, even Vastra, who was another character that you know, I find very smug at times and very um, you know, difficult, shall yeah. we say. Um Vastra came across really well as well, you know. Um I still don't quite get this relationship between Vastra and Jenny, where she's calling her wife mom and whatnot. It seems a bit a bit weird to have your your wife as your maid. But other than that you know, it was, I enjoyed the Paternosters more than I thought Check I would. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I, 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 I agree what were you just saying about the second time listening. The first time I was trying to work out how everything had fallen into place and what mm-hmm. on earth was mm-hmm. going on. The second time I just listened for the dialogue and the the, the comments. There's, there's a wonderful bit where Missy just does this monologue where she, she starts quoting I am what I am then she starts talking about paisley, uh, parsley on quiche she's like all these <laughs> things that she, she hates who puts parsley on a quiche and then at the end she says um, she quotes Wizard of Oz and she goes oh I'll miss you the most scarecrow like this it's just, it's just, yeah, yeah. just, it's just it's weird but you know totally bonkers things that that she sort of comes out with and I just
1: I think the first listen for me was just it was just hampered by expectation I think I've, I've been looking forward to it so much I don't think it could ever live it up to my anticipation so second time I actually listened to it for what it was rather than what, what I thought, thought it, it be. might be
0: yeah. yeah I think I think with with Michelle Gomez it would be fascinating to know how much of it was impromi- improvised and I wonder as well, like you say, with all the different accents, how much of that is in the script and how much she decides herself, yeah, which accent to, to go off on and, and emphasis and all and all the rest of it. Obviously, a lot of it is in Grams, the Grams, very
1: Scottish, Grams,
0: very American. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I think yeah, the first time it's just it's just for me it was just such a an enjoyable, funny listen, and the second time I thought oh, I need to try and sort of get my head around it a little bit. And uh, it does, like I say, it does hang together. You're left with a lot of questions because I think the second time I realized that Missy is expecting the Doctor. So whether that's just the case of knowing that the Doctor's investigating, well, how does Missy know, I suppose, that Doctor's been hit with the same weapon, but in the course of investigating that, that he will end up at Planetoid 50 because of the properties, uh, you know, the soil and everything
1: like that. So I thought for a minute that she might have sent the note in the previous story but then I realised no that was definitely a River wasn't it so yes yeah. so again I was that, creating yeah. plot points that weren't there mm. but I think it's just
0: fun and, and I think the whole 60th anniversary really is, is you know this Once in Future series it, it's just fun isn't it it's just mashups of different eras you know I think Colin Baker meets Colin Baker's Doctor meeting Jackie Tyler is mm. just they're all just really fun ideas yeah. and I think Doomsday as well, although it's not very popular. It's just having somebody sort of rampage through the Doctor Universe, meet Doctors, companions, monsters. You know, it's kind of mashups in there, like the you know so sort of canine and chameleon and that kind of thing. And I think the 60s anniversary specials as well. You know, bringing comic book monsters like Beep the Meep and the bringing the Toy Maker back. It's yeah. all kind of playing in the toy box and mashing up, and it's just fun. And you know, maybe people are expecting something a bit weightier. But probably where the where Doctor Who is kind of between eras and, and things like that. sort
3: of the, the criticism I've heard of this set more than any is that it's just not special enough. You know, that um what's happening, you know, the stories that have been told, you know, putting, you know, um the Sixth Doctor with with Jackie, you know, it's 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 interesting, but it's not special. It's not like it's what Big Finish do.
1: It's fluff, yeah, but it's enjoyable fluff. Well, this is yeah. it. I mean,
3: like I'm I'm not a you know, an aficionado, so I've never seen Big Finish really do this before. And as I think so, I think there's there's a lot of miles in there. I mean, obviously that the pairing of Tenant and Gomez is dynamite. Yeah. You know, absolutely dynamite. And I think, you know, what I came, kind of came away from this thinking was this does feel, you know, anniversary ish to me. It's this does feel like um, you know, Doctors and Masters coming together, um, which wouldn't necessarily happen in the mm. run a run of the mill story. It kind of led us down a sort of like headcanon um, alley of you know what if it's what if Rus- Russell T Davies hadn't brought back the toy Maker, what if he you know thought well I've got a Doctor, a Doctor, but I can have five Masters. You know what if the sixtieth mm. was the five Masters. Mm-hmm. You know, and you know Big Finish could probably have done that. You know you could have had a, a set with. There is the you
0: master know
2: been... Yeah. Well, there you yeah. go. <laughs> <laughs> um,
3: they
0: they but, have brought, yeah, because they brought John Sim and yeah. Roberts and everyone in for one of them. Didn't they? Yeah, like so James I was thinking is that, that would be
3: a class special, you know, just having like David Tennant or Shooty Gatwa, and he's got to fight all the masters, but ultimately he just doesn't have to do anything because all the masters are just going to fight each other, wipe yeah. <laughs> each other out, and spoil their own daft little plan. Um, in the end, but that's that's kinda of where it went. But it did it felt this one felt a lot more, you know, anniversary ish to me because it was, you know, something, you know, different. Something we haven't got an yeah. Italian something that really, really sparkled as a result.
2: I mean the the overall story arch we've 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 mentioned. I'm not gonna go over that old ground. I think the stories themselves, they've all been different. They've all had a different element to them, whether they're sort of fun and high octane like this one, and actually the Sixth Doctor and Jackie and um, uh, Lady Christina, you know, was sort of a bit of sort of action in that, or the more reflective one where you had um, Colin Baker as the uh, curator and and the Fifth Doctor and Jenny, you know, there's a very different in tone and style to so this one, for example, I, I think. I, I I do get the point because Big Finish do big anniversary specials and they do it really, really well and they get all the old doctors back in and all the companions and they do these sort of multi-crossover stories. I think when this was being done, so this was planned before the pandemic and then the pandemic hit while they were in pro- production of it. So I think obviously that's had a big impact on what they've actually ended up with. In the end, mm-hmm. but uh, I I still think it's it's quite a celebration, and and looking ahead to what we've got coming up, you know, yeah. um, the 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 sort of mixes that we've got. Um, David Warner's last uh, story um, on the next one with with Christopher Eccleston. We now know that we've got two Doctors at least, and yep. um, uh, Susan and. <laughs> And River Song, in you know, yeah. in the one after that, and I'm and I'm I'm not convinced from the the way that they've done the uh, cover that we're not going to have another Doctor at some point re- revealed because Tom appears in one side and there's a blank bit on the other side, but they do like to yeah. occasionally throw out yeah. a, oh, yeah. a surprise yeah. at the last minute. But um, I think it, I think I always think back to because um, recently, we were obviously, at the Five Doctors. Think back to like the 20th anniversary. That whole season, the 20th season, was just supposed to be an anniversary where they just brought back old characters, and it's, it's not a great, it's not a great season for me. I'm not a, a massive fan of it. But when you hit the five doctors, which let's face it, is just a fun bit of bobbins. It is like Doctor Who Comfort Food because they throw all your favourite bits into one story that's what this has been like for me it's like oh yeah this is I've not really thought about putting this person with this person and it it's slowly building you know and and I would say so far I, I, I'm I'm really enjoying it and I'm really looking forward to what's coming up next. I think it was the first couple of stories were kind of a bit plodding but now we're sort of we're we're, we're steaming ahead now. It's
3: my thought yeah I, I would agree you know I've, I've enjoyed you know the five stories so far um like you say they're very different there's other different things to enjoy in all the different stories you know i think i've said um quite early on that i've treated this as a a bit of a an rtd style story arc rather than a mm. you know like five chapters of the same book this is just mm-hmm you Know it's, a, it's an arc, it's a season arc where you're dropping in at the start and the end, mention of degeneration and having your story in between. And you know, so I'm expecting very much the same. Um, with the next episode, we'll know the sand monsters because it's on the front cover. Um, it's going to be, um, so I'm expecting now that Doctor's got a pocket full of psionic silicate that that's going to have a, something to do with the story, but the, the crux of it is going to be, um, you know, the ninth Doctor and the unbound Doctor and Jesus. Um, himself Robert Powell um having an adventure before the very last one which is going to be a big blowout which is going to have you know the eighth doctor presumably curing himself and getting back to you know stabilized form with Susan with Riversong with Tom Baker with whoever else it could be all of them to be honest they could just all come you know crashing in it could be the you know the the long-awaited arrival of the the Ruth doctor that we've, we've talked about. Before you know anything can happen, but that's when it's going to happen. It's going to end in the last, in the very last one. The next one it's just going to be very similar to what we've had so far. Its own special story for you to enjoy in its own terms.
0: Yeah, I think I think maybe I said this on the last one that you know, like were you saying, James, that people say, "Well, Big Finish do this," but I don't think they mash up different eras that much. I think it is quite special when they do it. I think generally they they tell stories from you know within a Doctor's era. Um, You know, it could be, you know, like a a past doctor meeting the Weeping Angels or something like that, but I wouldn't really class that as a mashup because the doctor already knows of the Weeping Angels in Blink. So that's just, that just kind of makes sense. But I think it's the, yes, the kind of companions and the doctor's friends and things like that 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 the mashups, you know, really, uh, really spark, I think. Um, But yeah, like you say, the Tennant and Gomez pairing in this, I think if, if I was a TV producer, I'd be thinking <laughs> we need to cast these yeah. two together in something because they've got incredible rapport and timing together. And you know, if they, like, say if they can do that remotely over uh, you know kind of a Zoom connection or something, they'd be they'd be amazing together yep. uh, in a TV show. I'd Love to see that on screen.
1: Well, he's a big finish. I've got a contract on them. Yeah, yeah. If I was
3: Nick Briggs, I would be. Um, I'd be trying to tie them down for two box sets at least.
1: Yeah, I think they're trying to get his tenant as often as possible, don't they? But it's just like uh, He's a rather busy fellow. He's in, so. he's in demand, isn't he?
0: Yeah. They occasionally,
1: ask him, and they, he sort of like says, "Yes, you have mentioned it."
0: Yeah, I think the lockdown was, you know, the, the <laughs> perfect. Just, perfect for yeah. They got a lot of stuff in the can then, didn't they? Because they did the Dalek universe stuff, mm-hmm. and uh, I guess they recorded this and the, the one where he met the classic companions, and
1: the and Out of the Time River Song ones as well. set, which is really good.
0: Yeah. The out of time set so he did with Tom Baker, Peter Davis, and Colin Baker as well. And no McCoy. Yeah, no, it's a shame that, isn't it? Mm. Maybe
1: didn't too many Scotsmen in the same room together. <laughs>
3: yeah.
0: <laughs> then we still have one more story, don't we? The,
3: the, the mysterious coda in a year's time, yes.
0: So is that right? There's eight this year and then the ninth one is the coda.
3: Seven this year and then Seven this year. About eight next year.
0: There's two... Oh, so we'll finish with the. So yeah. we've got. So it time finishes Lord... next month, does it? With the two? We, with we the finish with the months Union. Months. Right, so it's Time, time Lord Memorial, Memorial, and then the Union. Yep. And yeah, and then.
3: And then we rest for a year, and then come back for the Coda. But in
2: between that, we'll have, we will have had all the, the three specials, the Christmas, and then probably the other season, the new shooty season before we get yeah. to the There's yeah. a there's a lot of who to come, isn't there? Very exciting.
3: One thing I did want to talk about before we finish up with um Invasion of Martian Planetoid 50 is the, the count of Jessamy mm-hmm. um, going back to, to what you say, Mark, where you thought that um you know the Mrs. Green was a a nod to something else. I got the the impression that you know, Jessamy was hinted at as being something else. Uh, someone else is—is is there a real life Jessamy Moore?
1: Or I was expecting a revelation in the uh, thing at the end because they always say, "Oh yes." And we—I was fascinated by this real life person. I brought them back, but no, not a mention yeah. of it. Yeah, well, isn't it more know. of a reference to to like the HG Wells story?
0: Yeah, I thought like uh, the journalist character, but but as a as a female, yeah, than a male character, and I did like the thing that she kept stopping to write in a journal because I suppose that is, if you think about,
3: and she's doing it out loud because people comment on it. Both, both the doctor and Strax pull her up on it. And she's like, "This is no time to sit and read, write your journal." Yeah, but yeah, I just, I just got the impression the way it ended, and she was like, "Oh yes, you'll, she has my." He has my journal, yeah. or oh, what's these stains on it? Or oh, we'll find out when you read it. As it yeah. kind of hinted that there's something we should be knowing about this character. So you I, I did wonder. Was
0: from, the, from the hornets that Strax had used
1: to smack the hornets. Yeah, what were the hornets for? <laughs> oh, I've created these things. Oh, look, we're fighting them. They're never mentioned again. So why was that? I <laughs> it's a throwaway sort of joke. Ah. I That's
2: thought it was like them. the uh, unicorn and the wasp sort of thing. I was like, oh, is there some sort of throwback or connection? But I, I did, th- I did think the same at the end because I actually googled. I was like, is this a? Was it based on a real life person? Was it? Because she mentioned a
1: her, her, her pseudonym, didn't she? I thought, oh, is that a real person? Yeah, yeah that's why I was, that's what I was that, thinking. Well. You know,
3: yeah. it's it's you know when you do, you think um, H. G. Wells and Doctor Who, you think Time Lash, you know, with mm-hmm. Herbert, and it's. Always. You know, it's Herbert Wells. I try
2: not to think that, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, how can you not? Marvelous joke,
3: Marvelous. So it, it, it was kind of hinting along them lines, wasn't it? It's it, Not so much as H.G. Wells, but it's hinting that there is, you know, this is a, a real person. Um, you know, there's a real J.G. Moore out there. Um, hmm. Or if there wasn't that, it was, I was thinking, well, you know, is this another character from the Big Finish universe? You know, That's
2: what I thought as well. I was like, I bet this person has appeared in an obscure box set somewhere and I just don't know yeah. who it is. It's it's, it's like the big finished version of Trinity Wells. It's like, oh, yeah, she's pops <laughs> up yeah. in six different
1: stories. And you're like,
2: I've never heard of her before. Take away my
0: Doctor Who card. <laughs> she
1: might be the next uh, row one. Yeah, I was going to yeah. say,
0: they, they could be introducing her as a recurring...
3: That would be good because it was a good character. I did enjoy. Join. I did mm. um, enjoy Hannah Genesius's performance as well. Um, you know, it's this, You know, it's a small cast for this one. You know, none of them have been massive, but you know, mm. you've literally just got the four main characters plus plus Jessamine. So I think she really stood up well against. Um, you know the more well established characters there,
2: and she's not phased
3: by it. Is she she's she's from the sort of
2: Victorian era, and she's she just takes everything in her stride and she's quiet um yeah you know that that bit at the beginning where she's with with uh, London's destroyed yeah. <laughs> right i'm going to go and join the resilient the the uh, resistance it's like okay yeah
0: I'll come along Sounds with you like then the yeah yeah. Well, everybody's did here i'm off right <laughs> Yeah, and it's nice to hear that the actor is such a big Doctor Who fan as well. They the always interest, say that. Well, uh, <laughs> she was saying she used to buy the figures and the magazine. Oh, I used to watch it from behind the
1: sofa when I was a child. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Please give me more work.
2: Except that was what I was thinking.
0: Oh, there'll be other big
2: finishes. Oh, yeah, yes. I love Doctor Who. I love working with Big Finish. <laughs> big
1: Finish are marvellous. <laughs> Because I love silly. stories. Very <laughs> and I've got a mortgage, so please.
3: I love stories, mate.
1: Yeah, it used to be the uh, big finished lunch used to be a recurring thing. Now it's, I'm under my duvet. Yeah, it's uh, either in a wardrobe or uh, yeah, to, uh, the duvet to Devlin the Sound.
0: Sorry, just going to go out and kill the neighbours. <laughs> so, speaking of... Plucky writer characters, Fraser. You've got a 60th anniversary project on the go. If you like to tell listeners about that,
3: yes, um, I've started a blog. Um, I've got a blog now. Blogs are cool. Um, <laughs> where I'm, what I've done is I've I've ranked all 310 Doctor Who stories and um, in order. Using the Metropolis Two Podcast Preference Revealer, which basically gives you a choice of between two stories, you pick which one's your favorite or you think's the best, and you know you do that for about half an hour, and it'll put them all in order for you. So, um, I took a um, I took a lead from Jason Miller, US Jason, um, who did a sixtieth uh, sixty top sixty stories for the sixtieth anniversary panel at the Who Convention. Um, so I decided you know after he'd done that I thought, well, I wonder what my 60 best top stories are. So I've done the revealer I've I've ranked all the stories I've come up with my top 60. Um, so I'm now counting down in the form of a blog because it's easier than doing it on Twitter. Usually you just ramble on Twitter, <laughs> but you know you get to sort of like 10 your 10th tweet and it starts getting time consuming and a bit difficult. So I've done a blog instead um, which you can find at um, Skies full of Diamonds dot wordpress.com um or you can find us on twitter at felix fraser or one word fraser spelled with a z just like mr Hines, uh, where i'm linking to it every day and um, we are counting down i am at uh, 58 i think today which is the woman who felt the worth um mm-hmm. so tomorrow's is going to be um you know a bit more controversial but you'll have to Check that one out 57. Um, but it's yeah, time. so that's just going to count down <laughs> yeah. you know every day until we hit November the 23rd when you will find out what I think is the top Doctor Who story of all time.
1: Orphan 55.
3: I <laughs> did actually think I was going to have Orphan 55 as 55 at one point, but <laughs> right. I didn't quite didn't pull it
1: off. It wasn't. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I will put a link in the show notes to that. Thank you. And James, anything you'd like to let our listeners know about?
2: Oh, I, I'm, I'm not plugging anything at the moment, but you can catch uh, all of our the Phantom recordings of all the classic series reviews. Uh, which is on the YouTube, the Phantom Films YouTube channel, and it's under Talking About Doctor Who. You get to see me in a variety of uh, dodgy wigs as
0: different characters from (laughs) the classic Doctor Who eras. Mm. I am there. The time scoop one is one of my uh, (laughs) favourite photos of you. That's (laughs) absolutely brilliant. I I almost wore that to the five doctors, but... uh, (laughs) (laughs)
2: But they've changed the effect so it doesn't work so much now.
0: But (laughs) I must watch that actually. i
1: am barely up new yeah, I need to get into it. Yeah,
0: Yeah, it's it's uh, it's a very good version, I
1: think. I have finished my grand rewatch with Dolly's. No. I'm having a break from Doctor Who now because I'm (laughs) I think after every story since last November, I think I need a break from it a little bit. Very good. But you can be found on Twitter as well. I can. On Twitter. Definitely on Twitter. Um, 50DW50. Well, I just responded about dead celebrities at the moment. I don't know why. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> uh, you can find me
0: on Twitter as at Quark QuarkMcMalice. And you can find Trap1 at Trap1 underscore. We're also on Blue Sky, Threads, Mastodon, uh so, uh, yeah, so see, seeing which one becomes the uh, the next dominant. <laughs> Hedging your bets there, aren't right? you? <laughs> yeah, very much so, yeah. See, see which one's are going to become the next dominant.
3: See which one's going to be the VHS and which one's going to be the Beat Alex. Yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. <laughs> but what about your 60th project, Mark? How are you getting on with that? You, have, you, have you managed to to get any further into season two? Uh, yeah, I'm up to the Romans, wow. actually. Wow. Yeah. Episode, two months ago?
0: Come episode.
3: on, Episode <laughs> Two of the Romans. Well, what's happened is
0: it's, I've, I've really slowed down even more because uh, now that i hit season two, I'm watching the season two collection for the first time and I've got all the behind the uh, sofas right. and the documentaries. So, yeah, I'm, I'm going to try and. Miriam you sent your wife abroad and you've still not caught her. I know. Um, I, I'm trying to make it out of the heart and labor at least before <laughs> <laughs> I've going away for two weeks as well so it's, uh, yeah. it's gonna be tricky but uh,
3: you can do it so
0: we go, yeah <laughs> so I get on well thank you very much for joining me again uh thank you very much for listening at home we'll all be back next month potentially twice next month or may well
1: we'll see whether we do two separate podcasts Could we yeah, we, might, we may do... Are they releasing them on the same day, though? They're going to be on separate days, do you think? I don't know. I
0: Maybe think they're
1: really separate a, days, separate aren't they? they some like
3: some day. Presuming they're yeah, separate yeah. days. I'm assuming one's going to be early October, one's going to be late uh, late October, more into November.
0: I'm on holiday for the first two weeks of October, mm-hmm. so, um, yeah, we'll see See how we get on. We may, we may do a, uh, a double bill.
2: Huh?
0: Two for the price of one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, But join us on Trap 1 next week. I'll be talking to the brilliant Bryn Mitchell about hours 5 to 10 of Doomsday. So you won't want to miss it. Thanks for listening. Goodbye. 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 (laughs)